0: Podcast about incompetence. I tell a friend of mine a story from history involving massive incompetence every time. I would say every week, but that's not really how it works anymore because I'm pretty lazy. And this one is going to be a mini episode with none other than
1: fellow Major Cast Network co-founder Liam Senior. Hello. Hi. I wasn't. Gonna, I'm sitting on my opening joke until the topic is introduced. Ah, that's that. That that makes sense. Liam's been on this many times before. I don't. I
0: feel like with the, with you and Tom, I just don't ask, I I ask like all my other guests like what kind of stories they want to hear and I don't ask you two because it's just like. You're,
1: we'll hear what you tell us. (laughs) We're not picky.
0: A more captive audience somehow. I'm not sure how that works out in my head, but that's, that's how I do it.
1: Yeah, I pay attention. I'm not pulling at my arm here.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's okay. You like the sports stories. You like the baseball ones. It'll, it'll work out.
1: We're talking baseballs, pitchers and the fielders. Baseball, not the Pittsburgh Steelers. I didn't learn the lyrics to that song, but I'm pretty sure I got it close. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, Yeah. Are you a fan of that Terry Cashman song? No, I've never heard it before. (laughs) Really? It's literally about the history of baseball. Why would I hear the history of baseball in
0: song form?
1: (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> it's a hugely popular song it talks about willie mays mickey mantle duke snyder your oh. favorite baseball player
0: duke snyder hell yeah wasn't he on the dodgers
1: i don't fucking know i'm a chipper jones guy
0: <laughs> big, big atlanta braves fan over yeah, here.
1: yeah anyone on the 91 braves who is doing insane amounts of cocaine that's my those are my boys <laughs> fred mcgriff
0: well we're gonna be talking about early baseball Ah, stickball. <laughs> we're going to go into the dead ball era. Ooh, what's that? Specifically, we're going to be. Oh, the dead. Have, do you not know what the dead ball era is?
1: Uh-uh.
0: Okay, so uh, the original game of baseball was played um, and w- where the ball was made differently. It was the, the seams were a bit looser. Um, the, the cork or whatever they use inside was a bit less lively. Um,. And so generally didn't travel as far. And on top of that, when they were playing the game, they would use the same ball for the entire game and then use that same ball like the next day and the next day after that. So eventually, like after all like the tobacco juice that gets spit on it, all like the times it gets roughed up, all the times it gets thrown into the dirt, the ball would get like discolored and warped and beaten up and like scuffed so that it like wouldn't travel normally.
1: <laughs> right. It's lost its aerodynamic.
0: Yeah, necessity. and so it was called the dead ball era, and that's why hitters from that time period hit very few home runs. <laughs> they they it just didn't travel very far. So that's the dead ball era, um, and we're going to be talking about two men named Ty Cobb, who you may have heard of, of course. Okay, <laughs> that's good. So we're inventor gonna be ta-
1: inventor of both the tie and corn on the cob. <laughs> we're going to be talking about Ty Cobb and Nap Lajoie. I haven't heard of Naf LeJoy. That... Ty Cobb's a pitcher, right? Ty Cobb was not a pitcher, he was a center fielder. Center fielder? Who am I getting Ty Cobb mixed up with? Oh, I'm getting him mixed up with Cy Young. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: So, let's 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 get into
1: it. Would you like to know about the first player's strike in baseball history? You know I would. I've got my big bag of loose chewing tobacco. I've got old beer. I'm ready to go. Okay. The first player's strike in baseball history
0: was in support of a man named Ty Cobb. Okey doke. Tyrus Raymond Cobb was <laughs> <Incredible>. born... <laughs> ...was born in rural Georgia in 1886, the son of a professor and newspaper editor. He left home at the age of 17 to become a baseball player and already
1: had a reputation of having a short temper. <laughs> um, I listen to uh, a lot of, like... Uh, I listen to a lot of the dollop Mm -hmm. which uh, has a lot of uh sort of uh, like a checklist of when things tend to go bad and short temper (laughs) there it is
0: all right well here's here's the next thing on the checklist In August of 1905, Ty's mother shot his father dead for reasons unknown. Yup, that's, yup, checklist number two. I see where this is going. There's a lot, there's a lot of, like, speculation about why she did that, but it's really not known for sure, so I'm just gonna skip over that. Um, and three weeks- Three weeks after that happened, Ty made his debut with the Detroit Tigers. (sighs) Here kitty kitty. <laughs> yeah. Ty doubled in his first major league at bat, though he went on to have a poor season, in part because he was brutally hazed by veteran teammates.
1: Hmm. <laughs> the timing of the hazing could not have been worse.
0: He would later blame his personality on these teammates, saying they turned him into a snarling wildcat. <laughs>
1: I made a face. Sorry, listeners. That's, uh, wow. I mean, you know, I feel like you have to be partially a little bit responsible for your actions. (laughs) But I like that Ty Cobb was like, no, these 19 people turned me into a feral bobcat of a
0: man. (laughs) His refusal to bear the bullying with good humor alienated him from his teammates, and there was no love lost between them.
1: But was this, like... So this would have been the turn of the century. What type of bullying are we talking here? Are they being like, why, your shoes are more scuffed than that of an Italian Renaissance man? Uh, no or are one... they like, your mom shot your dad? Well,
0: I think it would also
1: probably involve, like,
0: humiliating acts and, like, beating him up occasionally. That's not bullying. That's assault. <laughs> it's hazing.
1: It's not hazing. That's assault.
0: Hazing isn't just mean words what (laughs) that's not that's not the all of it
1: i i'm gonna be honest with you i never joined a frat in college all those toga pics i sent you were i photoshopped myself into them
0: i feel so i don't know what
1: hazing is
0: (laughs) (laughs) however ty hit 316 his next season and for for those listeners who don't Uh, pay attention to a lot of baseball a batting average uh measures how many hits per at bat that uh that a hitter gets and uh 300 as in 30 percent of your at bats going to uh, becoming hits is a very good mark especially like especially nowadays uh batting average 300 or better very good uh very few that's like very few hitters have career batting averages like in the 300 area
1: If if I remember correctly, if you hit a 300, that means you're, like, all-star level.
0: Yeah, basically. Not always, but, like, yeah. He hit three sixteen his next season and then proceeded to never hit for a batting average that low ever again. (sighs) By the time his career was done, he had led the league in batting average in 12 different seasons
1: and became essentially the greatest player the game had ever seen. There's something about, like, I don't, I don't know if it's the fact that baseball is maybe, and, I, and I, I, I don't mean this as, like, harsh. It's, like, the most technically complicated. Like, there's lots of moving parts in baseball. Yeah. So I feel like when you have someone who's, like, the greatest player, it's really interesting to watch them. Whereas I feel like in some sports you have the greatest player and it's just, like, they're kind of good at a thing that isn't exciting to watch. Mm-hmm. So he so Ty Cobb set 90 different records during his career damn like all to be time fair records how long had, how long had baseball been around though
0: um at, like it was still very much a changing sport like you know the competition level is changing more teams were getting added stuff like that however I will say Ty Cobb's career batting average is 366 that's fucked. And that is still the highest of all time.
1: Yeah. No one's ever insane. going to come
0: close to that. 366 is so high. The the leader of last season, the batting average title, I think, was Christian Jelic, who uh, hit 329. Like, that was last Damn. year's highest average. Like, averages don't go that high anymore, generally speaking.
1: Well, just especially when it's an all-time career, because that's every single at-bat Yeah, recorded. he hit 323 when he was 41. That's fucked. What? No. <laughs> that's disgusting. He hit. It's fucked how you can be a 40 year old and be incredible at baseball. That's an Eldritch monstrosity.
0: He hit 403 different times. That's just. That's not allowed. And everyone despised him. Because he
1: was a feral bobcat?
0: Ty was a violent racist, and he was an absolute bastard to both teammates and opponents. Oh, well, there you go. Babe Ruth called him a prick. Ernest Hemingway
1: described him as an absolute shit. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I know he's racist, so he's bad, but at the same time, if you've got Big Papa and the other Big Papa making fun of you... (laughs) You you might be kind of awesome. Yeah, Babe Ruth's second
0: half, he called him a prick and then said, but he sure can hit. By God almighty, that man can hit.
1: (laughs) It's also, so how long was the dead ball
0: era? It ended in 1920, and uh, Cobb played through that time period. Like, he played into the 20s, and he was still able to hit for average, but he was pretty grumpy about the fact that guys like Babe Ruth were suddenly the bigger stars because they could hit home runs. Hmm he was more of an on-base hitter yeah yeah he was more of a line drive guy because that's what you had to be in the dead ball era so he fought constantly especially against black people that he felt didn't know their place one time he got into a fight with a black street worker because the man asked him to walk around wet cement (laughs) yeah that's all it took yeah, I mean, sometimes
1: that's all it takes when you're a violent racist.
0: Um, he was also he was also pretty mean uh, on the field. He had a reputation for sharpening his spikes on his cleats when he was
1: sliding into people. Wow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: That's just being an asshole.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's Ty Cobb. Ty Cobb. Ty Cobb once said that he never saw the humorous side of baseball. It was never a game to him. It was all work.
1: He sounds fun at parties.
0: (laughs) But some people still rallied around him, like when, say, he jumped into the stands to beat up a man who had been heckling him. According to Cobb, the man called him the N-word, and that was apparently too far. Ty leapt into the stands and beat him, knocking him down, jumping on him, punching him, and kicking him in the back of the head. It would later come out that the fan was disabled missing three fingers from one hand and the entirety of the other hand. During the fight, Ty reportedly yelled, I don't care if he has no
1: feet. It takes a big man to admit when he's wrong, but when I maybe said Ty Cobb was awesome earlier... (laughs)
0: Anyway, Ty was suspended, and the first player strike in baseball occurred when his no. teammates started a strike no. to oppose his suspension no. for being a disabled. Fan.
1: Eric, I gotta go. I gotta. I gotta run. I gotta. I gotta <laughs> leave. But it's been fun.
0: Uh, the glories of labor history.
1: Jesus fucking Christ.
0: And with that, all with all that background on Ty Cobb, that's where we're gonna take a break for an ad for another show on the Major
1: Caste Network. Oh, Tyrus. People ask me, why should I listen to your podcast? Because there's like <laughs> 10 million X-Files podcasts in there. I say, one, we give great commentary because all those other X-Files podcasts, they're just like fucking <laughs> masturbating over Chris Carter's creation. Yeah. Number two, we will make you come. <laughs> Whether you like it or not, yeah, it's gonna happen. We'll, <laughs> we'll hit a button sooner or later. Yeah, we you know what? We're gonna cover so many fucking hot topics, and one of them someday <laughs> gonna be yours, gonna be and yours. you might not even know it. You'll be sitting there listening, you'll be like, "Oh damn, <laughs> I completed, and I didn't even know that was my thing." Five stars, <laughs> review please. <laughs> Catch the Double X-Files Tuesdays at noon on your favorite podcast app. Baby, we'll treat you so right.
0: So we, I, when we left off, I just told you all about Tyrus Cobb. I'm getting, basic, I'm getting the vast majority of the information for, for this from Joe Posnanski's Baseball 100 series, where he writes about the greatest players in baseball history, and he wrote an entry about uh, both Ty Cobb and Nap Lejoy. Um and it was Nap Lajoie's actually that made me want to do this so I would especially like to shout out Joe Poznansky because I am basically stealing his research for this I, it's on The Athletic which you need a subscription to read because it's behind a paywall uh, but if you're you interested in sports journalism in any way I would recommend uh, maybe at least getting a free trial so that's my plug for The Athletic which I am not sponsored by
1: Use the code Cobb is cool to get 20% <laughs> off your first clan outfit. You racist. Yeah.
0: All right. Napoleon LeJoy was born in
1: 1874. Hey, shout out to Mr. and Mrs. Cobb and Mr. and Mrs. LeJoy. Fucking killing it with the names, everybody. <laughs> killing it with the names. Yeah.
0: Napoleon LeJoy was born in 1874 in Woonsocket, Rhode Island.
1: Wow. Wow. Woonsocket. Woon. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. Still weird. Woonsocket, Rhode Island. Despite his father telling him that baseball players were bums, Knapp began playing semi-professionally and was eventually bought by the Philadelphia Phillies. He immediately became the game's best second baseman, both in terms of defense and hitting. Interestingly, even though LeJoy played the game as hard and as mean as Cobb did, spiking players and frequently getting into fights and also being a drunk, he was beloved around the game.
1: Well, yeah, Philly.
0: This has been attributed to his affect, always known for laughing and joking around and generally being likable. He wasn't the most beloved player in the world, but he certainly had more friends than Ty Cobb. <laughs> Which brings us to 1910.
1: Ah, I think Rube Wardell was playing at the time.
0: Ty Cobb is just 23, and he already has his share of detractors. He looks on track to lead the American League in batting average for the fourth year in a row, but this year is a bit different. The race to lead the League in batting average was a huge deal back then because people thought it was the ultimate expression of skill as a hitter. This is a flawed understanding of baseball, even back then when the home run didn't matter very much, but it high-key mattered back then. hmm So much so that newspapers would do daily updates on the races and frequently would simply make up completely fraudulent statistics to make it more sensational.
1: Of course. Sports journalism.
0: Uh, I'm going to quote directly from Joe Poznanski's article about Naplajoy here nobody really knew what was going on it now seems strange that even though batting races were just about the biggest thing in american sports nobody actually kept track of the numbers it shouldn't have been that hard i mean you you take hits you take at bats you do some long division voila done but the official numbers were kept secret by the leagues Ban Johnson, the president of the American League, wanted to be able to announce the batting champion on his own time and in his own way.
1: With a little p- pizzazz, a little song and dance? this means, song this means dance. that
0: essentially everyone aside from Ban Johnson was in the dark about who was actually in the lead.
1: It's like Netflix numbers. <laughs>
0: yeah, no one knew what was going on, but everyone was really excited about
1: it. Incredible.
0: The reason everyone was so amped up about 1910 in particular, though, is that there was a real prize waiting at the end. Hugh Chalmers, founder of the Chalmers Automobile Company. Had Hugh said Chalmers. He... Yep, Chalmers.
1: Hugh Chalmers.
0: <laughs> Chalmers.
1: Chalmers. You gotta, it's in the back of the throat. Ch-almers. Ch-almers.
0: Uh, Chalmers. He had said that he would give the winner of the American League batting title one of his new models a Model 30 Roadster cars were luxury items then and it drove speculation into overdrive it also drove betting into overdrive of course brings us to the last two games of the season here we go ty cobb was in the league with was in the lead with a 385 batting average and he sat out the last two games to keep i to either keep that intact or just because he was having like blurry vision problems that's apparently the excuse that was given hmm Nap LeJoy was several points behind and was generally agreed to be several points behind, but a lot of players and managers wanted him to win. So much so, in fact, that the manager of the opposing team of the doubleheader that day had likely bet quite a bit of money on LeJoy. That manager was Rowdy Jack O'Connor. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhat known for Just... underhanded play back as a player and he instructed his third baseman to play deep. It didn't matter for LeJoy's 1st at hit-bat of the day, a fly ball that probably could have been caught, but instead dropped for a triple. But for the rest of the day, O'Connor's third baseman played in literally left field. <laughs> <laughs> Lejoy, <Hey. laughs> LeJoy wasn't stupid and saw this and laid down a butt down the line for a single. In every single at-bat. Yeah! <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're trying a new uh infield situation uh we're gonna have two Warner, left field same
0: thing exactly that you did last time we won't be able to field it.
1: <laughs> incredible
0: yeah lajoy ended the doubleheader with eight hits and eight at bats <laughs> <laughs> And he would have had nine if it wasn't for the fact that he bunted a bit too hard one time in the second game, and it ended up playable for the shortstop, who made an error. (laughs) With the error, it counted as a sacrifice, which is not the same thing as a hit, so his batting average didn't go up. It didn't go down either, but it didn't go up. Mm. Yet, even with eight hits, Nap and the people betting on him weren't satisfied. Remember, they didn't actually know the true (laughs) stats. So they fought for every point of batting average. They tried to intimidate the scorer into saying the sacrifice was a hit, and they also tried bribing him to no avail. Mm. (laughs) The public was incensed over this blatant cheating. (laughs) There was one writer in a St. Louis newspaper who said, All St. Louis is up in arms over the deplorable spectacle, conceived in stupidity and executed in jealousy.
1: Incredible. Newspapers need to go back to that type of writing. (laughs)
0: <laughs> this left Ben Johnson with a dilemma of how to punish the wrongdoers and award the batting title. Because you would think that like he would just punish the wrongdoers and give Ty Cobb the batting title essentially, right? Mhm. Wrong. Nap Lajoie was too big a star for this. To
1: <laughs> He's too big. <laughs> too big to His fail. His name is Nap one. he is a too big Napoleon. Yeah, <laughs> so he's like that one's a thinker.
0: How, how do I publish this without without like making Napoleon Lejoy go away, essentially? Because Nap Lejoy was the American League at this point, as Joe Poznanski points out. So he refused to punish Nap Lejoy and instead simply forced the orchestrators from the opposing team out of the American League, banned them for life. So Rowdy Jack O'Connor never managed another game in the American League. Uh, neither did his 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 main accomplice. Um, the the third baseman, however, was forgiven because he was a rookie merely following orders. <laughs> <laughs> Next, uh, Ben Johnson did declare that Ty Cobb won the batting title because he and to do this because with those eight hits, Nap Lajoie d- did overtake Ty Cobb in the record. Uh huh. Um, Ty Cobb had a batting average of three eighty three, and uh, or three eighty two or something, and Nap had a slightly higher one of three eighty three. However, Ban Johnson declared that Ty Cobb won the batting title because he added two hits that had never happened to Ty Cobb's record. Yeah, so counter cheating. <laughs>
1: Hey, the only way to stop a bad guy cheating is a good guy cheating.
0: <laughs> this statistical discrepancy wasn't discovered for over 60 years.
1: Oh, my God.
0: No one, because they, they let Naplajoy's records record stand. You know, they, uh-huh. they let those eight hits, those were counted as official hits. Right. Um, but Ty Cobb's two extra hits were not discovered for over 60 years until a guy named Pete Palmer found that they had essentially counted uh, one game twice. Uh, where he went two for three. And this also meant that uh, Ty Cobb's uh, all-time hits record of 4,100 and something uh, had always stood as having two extra hits.
1: Oh, my God. The whole, all the math. It tumbles like yeah. a domino.
0: And it w- this this wasn't uh, fixed until after Pete Rose had beaten that record. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, so you've got, on one hand, you've got Napp who clearly got eight hits that he should not have gotten. And on the other hand, you've got Ty Cobb, who clearly got two hits that he shouldn't have gotten. And so, what, and so what do you do? Chalmers gave both of them a car. That's the <laughs> end of the story. Chalmers, The Chalmers Automobile Company would continue this award for another few more years after this. Before Chalmers would dissolve as a company in 1923.
1: Well, thank God, because they were just gonna lose so many cars.
0: <laughs> yeah, one a year, or possibly two, possibly
1: more, depending on how the league went. That is, wow.
0: Yeah. I love I love the fact that people were betting on this despite not knowing the actual and not knowing store.
1: any any just blind betting gambling yeah. is a crazy thing.
0: Yeah. There's there's some anecdotal thing that like some Ty Cobb fan got a heart attack while arguing with a Naplajoi fan that of course, been like people were so into it and they had no idea what was going on. Anyway, this has been the very first mini episode of Big Time Whoopsies, Liam.
1: Oh wow. We're shattering records like Ty Cobb.
0: Yeah, fast we're we're doing a speed run.
1: <laughs> I love speed running a podcast episode.
0: Let's go as fast as possible. Next time, I'll have to do it faster.
1: Same story. Skipping certain moments. Uh, (laughs) Aww.
0: We've been like three in. Ty Cobb isn't a racist anymore.
1: (laughs) Well, you can... If you skip the whole Ty Cobb is a racist thing, you save two minutes on the story. Anyway, thanks for being on the
0: podcast, Liam.
1: No problem. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. Hope you enjoyed the mini big
1: time whoopsies. I always do.
0: Should I call it small, big-time whoopsies?
1: Thanks for listening to the Major Casts Network.
0: Stay fun, stay nasty, and stay major.